What up, party peoples? We back again on this Flashback Friday. Let's get it popping, man. Uh, welcome to the Spin Room. I be your man, Big Pee Wee. That's DJ Ron C, J Tasha, Big Glass. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we got a good one for y'all, man. We got a special guest in the building, Big Glass. Woo! I'm always excited to roll out the red carpet for my brother. He hails from Barbados, but took over Harlem by storm. Of course, he is like the quintessential New Yorker. I love him to the ends, earth. You guys know him as the human beatbox. Think about the Get Fresh crew with Barry B and Chill Will. Oh my goodness, oh my gracious. Down with like Slick Rick. And of course, you know, Inspector Gadget and Lottie Dottie. And of course, he is the ultimate showman of all times. Ladies and gentlemen, rolling out the red carpet, lifting up the velvet rope for my brother, Ladies and gentlemen, the human bee box, Dougie Fresh in the building. What up, Doug? How's everything? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? Man, beautiful. Thank you once again for taking the time out your day to rock with the Spin Room crew. Thank you so much, my brother. Truly appreciate it. Oh, it's appreciated, brother. I appreciate being on your show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. You are the hardest working man for the last, what, four decades, non-stop, my brother? Hey, look, 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 you was working with me, so you know, you know the work. It's, 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 all, it's all about putting in the work. Okay. Let's <laughs> Please let everybody know, I guess, your humble beginnings, how you, like, really got into the game. Well, I mean, you know, I go back to 1981. Wow. That's the first time I performed at Harlem World in 1981. And I came up under, you know, uh, a lot of the different people from DJ Hollywood to Busy B to Lovebug Starsky to uh, Cold Crush Brothers, Treacherous Three, all of those guys. So I was that kid that was right there when Busy B battled Kumo D. I was there when the Cold Crush battled Fantastic. I was in MC contests that go back then. I was probably like around 13 years old or something. And I was sitting on the side of the stage or I would get on. So I came up in hip hop in the, in the like the most purest form. And so that's why when I was, when I was coming up in it, it was about creating your own style. So that's how I came up with the beatbox because you know, all of the elements, you had the four elements in hip hop. So I made the beatbox up as something that was just a, you know, something to create your own, your own style. You didn't look like nobody. You didn't sound like nobody. You did what you do. And that's where, you know, that's the element and the, and the generation of hip hop I came up under. So from 81 all the way to 2020, I'd have to say I definitely been putting in some work. You know what I mean? That you uh, have. I, yeah, I don't I don't really know nobody at this particular time that I can say that uh that I know personally that that really in each you know, like myself that, that go back that far and that you know, and that's still working today. I mean, I mean and just and I don't mean that in a slight to anybody. I'm just saying just I I mean I know Hollywood. I mean, but he, you know, he may not work as much as I do or, you know, Love Bug, you know, he was there. I'm, I'm not taking nothing away from, from anybody. I'm just saying that it's just, it's been like, 
you know, from that moment of when I fell in love with hip hop all the way to this moment of, of us speaking right now. You know, I've been doing hip hop ever since then and I haven't done nothing else. I've never had a job. That's, this is it. Hey, that's nope. a beautiful thing to say, though. You know what I'm saying? So, Dougie, in this time, you was talking about, you, we all know, you're the human beatbox. But where yeah. did you come up with, where did you get the idea of beatboxing? I know back in the day we used to sit on at, in high school and beat on the table and everything like that. But where did you say, okay, I'm, I'm going to perfect being the human beatboxer? Well, that's a great question. And, and I guess the, sum, the summarized answer that I can give you is that it wasn't, a, it wasn't something that I just thought of doing out of the clear blue sky. What basically happened was in my school, because when I was, in, I live in Harlem, and my school, I had a teacher named Brother Lee, and he was teaching us different instruments, and I came to his class and I asked him, he asked me, what did I want to play? I told him I wanted to play the percussions and the drums. And he said, okay, cool, but I want you to play the trumpet first. And I was like, well, why you ask me if you want me to play the trumpet first? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so he said, he said, trust me. He said, if you do, he said, if you, if you take this instrument home, you learn it, you take care of it, then when you come back, I'll let you play the drums and the percussions. I said, all right. So I kept taking this trumpet home every day. And then one day I came to school and Brother Lee was no longer the music teacher. They cut all of the programs of the music in all of the black schools throughout the country. All schools, the music program was cut. I don't know if that happened to you, but it happened to me. So at that point, all of the exercises and all of the things I used to do, I used to continue to do without a trumpet. And I used to walk home and listen to the music from the mom and pop record shops with the big speakers outside. So I used to start making up the music and practicing the songs. And then I would start with the bass line, then I used the drums, the kick, the snare, the hi-hat, the keyboards, and all of the other instruments until I learned how to do maybe eight, nine things at one time. So then I went to Barry's house, who's my DJ. I have two DJs, Chillwell and Barry B from the Get Fresh crew. So long story short, I went to his house and in the middle of him changing records, I started doing the beatbox. His mother came in and said, That's, what, what record was that that you was playing? And then he, you know, he said, that was him. And then Barry came up with the name. He said, yo, you should do that when you do another jam. Because we were doing jams in the summertime, jams throughout the city. He said, yo, you should do that and you should call it the human beatbox. I said, I'm not doing that. I said, I just be doing this when I go home. He turned around, he said, yo, I'm telling me. He said, yo, I've never seen nobody do nothing like that. You should do it outside. So when I did it outside, people lost their mind. And that was back in 81. You see what I'm saying? Right. Like in 81, 82. So when I started doing it, my name and the word about it spread through New York City fast. And then that's when, you know, I started doing shows in Long Island and Biz used to try to run around me. And shout out to him too, because I heard he's sick and he's in the hospital. You know, I was just talking to him. So me and him, me and Biz go back to 82. You know, so Biz started running around with me and he started trying to learn the beatbox from me. And then, you know, out in Brooklyn, you know, obviously, you know, you had the Fat Boys and then it was other people. But the thought, the concept, the idea originated with me. And if Barry didn't tell, if Barry didn't call it the human beatbox, I probably would have never done that. Now, he said that because Flash used to play the beatbox. 
you know, flashes on the B-box going right. on the joints back in the day. So he said, what I'm doing is like, you know, I'm doing it with me. I'm the human, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so then after that, he said, you should call it the human beatbox. And that's how that name was phrased. So anybody that say they did it, you should at least be able to know the origin of the name if that's what you created, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah like the name didn't exist. Huh? No, you mentioned like we heard about the Fat Boys. We hear about Rozelle who came after you. Yeah. They need to be paying homage to you as the godfather and the creator of the human beatbox, sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but you know, I, and, and Les, you know, for me, I don't even look at, like, I'm, I'm explaining the story, but I mean, you know, I love Brazil, you know? I mean, Buff was a good friend of mine, Rock Ski. I, I did over songs with the Fat Boys. Like, I mean, I think people know the truth about things, but sometimes they don't want to admit it because they feel they're going to lose something if they admit it. You see what I'm saying? I mean, it's just that, I'm just telling you the true story of it, you know what I mean? And then from that, from, from me coming up with this, it turned into, you know, I get beatboxes from New Zealand, from China, from Russia. One time in my restaurant in New York, uh, I had a little thing. I said, whoever could come in the restaurant and, and they, if, they, if they could do the beat, I said, if you got a good beatbox, you know, I'm going to hook you up. I eat some chicken and waffles or some joke I said on, online. I came in there, it was a kid with his mother. He started doing the beatbox. He was from Russia, and the only thing he could say was waffle. He said, after he started doing the beatbox, he said, waffle? Why? I said, this is crazy. This is crazy. Like, I never, you know what I mean? He came all the way from Russia. He heard about this thing, meaning like he came to New York, and then he heard about the restaurant, and bam. So I look at it like this, man. I mean, um, it was something that I think added to the world of hip-hop. It was just support the MC. It was support, it was supposed to create, you know, the, the, the extra dimension of you as a human instrument instead of just having to play it. You are spiritually like hitting a frequency that's causing things to vibrate at a certain level. You know what I mean? And the beatbox mm. is deep. You know, you got Al Jarreau, you got different people, you got Bobby McFerrin, who's uh who's also somebody and his son who I know uh, are, are, are people who, everybody does it in their own interpretation, but in the world of hip hop, I am the creator of the fifth element, period. <laughs> that's what I'm talking, period. And, and, and that's period. facts right there. <laughs> you can put an explanation mark at the end yeah, of the yeah. wall, whichever one you want. <laughs> when you look at the decades of hip hop, right? Because from the 80s, to the 90s, the early 2000s to now, what do you think has been the most progressive change or embrace about hip hop that you've seen? Well, I think that technology has played a major part in, in hip hop. Like I have to say that that's been the, the, the key, the, you know, the key thing that has been there. Like first, think about it. When we first started, you know, you had vinyl, right? Now Hollywood told me he used to do mixtapes on eight tracks. Wow. On an eight-track. Wow. Do you understand? <laughs> wow. He did a mixtape on an eight-track. And Love Bug told me, he said, Dougie, I used to sit in a car and listen to Hollywood's music on an eight-track. All right? Because cars had the eight-tracks. It was called the Dynamite Eight-Track. So now look, 
you have the eight track, the eight track, you obviously have vinyl, right? You have the big vinyl, you have the 45s, remember that? Then you have the big 12 inches, you had that. Now you got the cassettes, right? You got the cassettes. Then from the cassettes, you have the CDs. Then from the CDs, you know, in between, after the CDs now, you have your phone, the iPods and all of this. And now- And they we had MP3 players also. Yes. Right, yeah. right, right. Dats and all this. Mm -hmm. So now, through all, all of these things, all of these times, here we are now, we're, we're on this phone. This is the first time in history that you can hear your music, download your music, stream your music, see pictures, shoot videos, everything from this phone. Mm -hmm. This has never been like this before. You can do your own talk shows. You don't have to worry about trying to sell it to, a, to, a, uh, to, to some company that's trying to, to water it down. You, you have the ability to come up with your own music. You could be your own record label. This to me is one of the greatest times ever in the world of entertainment. Anybody that's creative, anybody that has any kind of hustle in them, anybody that has any kind of get up and go, I think that this thing here is the time where everything is shifted. So to answer the question, I think artists have come and gone. I have seen generations of artists go, and I said, I was looking at Snoop and DMX on a battle, and they was looking at my, I said, if they OGs, damn, I'm wondering what I am. I must be <laughs> interviewing the vampire. Hey, so Dougie, uh, so since you said that. Because they're like my children. Since you said that, Dougie, I do have to ask a question because that was one of the that was a dope battle between DMX and Snoop, and I think it was I great so. for hip hop. Mm -hmm. Now, if we put Dougie Fresh in verses, who is Dougie Fresh going up against? Well, that's a pretty odd. That's a pretty strange thing to <laughs> ask me. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what it is. It's funny because um, because I think that I think that I'm kind of like a little bit of a different character away in a way. Like, I don't think that you can just actually put me up against a particular thing because I have multiple layers to my style. And it's not really just about a record. I remember they did a tribute for me in uh, Nashville and they was asking who's gonna do the tribute. And it was funny because no one person can do a tribute for me. It takes at least three people. You see what I'm saying? Think about yeah. it because most, most hip hop artists don't, don't dance. So I dance and if you want to do me, you got to have a little bit of that in there. You got to at least know how to do the Dougie. Dougie, come that. on, come on, let's go. Come on. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. that's number one. Number two, you got to know how to beatbox and you got to know how to beatbox to some degree the way you're showing me. Cause I mean, you, you, you're talking about records that I'm the beatbox, you know what I mean? And then number three is that you could probably say the rhymes you could say the rhymes and that stuff is true, but then you got this other little component that comes in there, which is crowd participation. So when they was doing it, they tried to bring in, they tried to get Fat Man School, they tried to get um, a dancer, and then they was gonna get somebody to, uh, to, to try to beatbox. And, 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 and then, you know, and one of them could have said the rhymes, 
But you get what I'm saying? Like I have a my my situation is a little bit different because I do I do a variation of things. You know what I mean? We ain't even about it by you know by the box with the harmonica. Any math brings you You know what I mean? Like it's it's a it's it's layers. So 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 you know I don't know. I mean I I look at it like this. Um, I think that. I think that it's, uh, I don't know if I could do verses. I may have to do collaboration or something like that. They may have to change the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's do collaboration, you so, know, or something. So, so Dougie. I don't know. Since mm -hmm. I am the millennial and there's a lot of like upcoming artists, you know, people inspired to do all great things. Who would you would like to collaborate with that is younger? and the younger generation that's out now and hot? Uh, collaborations, um, it really doesn't make a difference to me, you know what I mean? Because I, you know, one of the things that I, that I have in my favor um, that I know, which is something that I'm gonna be doing coming up soon, because I'm doing some collaborations, is that, see, I'm a little different. It don't have to be somebody that's known. It just gotta be somebody that's hot. You see what I'm saying? So if a person is hot, that's all that matter. Like before the baby, like say for example, before the baby came out, uh -huh. you, you wasn't really, you know, the baby been rhyming a long time, but you didn't really know him. Right. But then all of a sudden when he came out, bam, now, you know, it's the move. And I actually wouldn't mind collaborating with him because I like this last thing that he did on Black Lives Matter. I think that what he did, and what, and what he expressed about what, what he felt was something that any generation could relate to, the millennials all the way back to, you know, the original OGs because it was a good topic. So I like, I like subject matter to a song because I think the subject does matter. You see what right. I'm saying? Right. Like what you rhyme about, what you sing about, what you talking about means something to me. The beat got to be hot. That's off the top. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's off the top, like off the rack. <laughs> The beat gotta be bananas. If the beat ain't bananas, don't even just give it to me. Let me fix it. Let me fix it for you. Right. But, cool. but it gotta be the right conversation. You know what I mean? And especially now in these times, because I think even millennials, man, and you can answer this for me, even though you're asking me a question, I want to ask you. To me, you want to hear something real. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, look at the state of the world right now. Mm -hmm. So somebody coming out just saying what they normally would be saying and talking about lean and pills and this and that. It's like, come on, B, are you looking at what's going on out your window? Am I right? Right. I listen to a lot of conscious rap, so I agree with you that. I'm a lyricist. I like lyrics. So when Kendrick came out, all these artists who are actually rapping about meaningful things, I agree with you. So yeah. So that's cool. Can't wait. Yeah. We get yeah, you that's great. Great question. Yeah, yeah, I like I like the baby. I like I like the way he came at it. I like his I like what he did on this song. You know, I think that I think me hanging out with him, I could school him to a few things as well as I can learn some things from him. But you know, as far as I, I, I hate when I see an artist who has great potential get destroyed because of their the lifestyle. You see what I'm saying? Like you see artists that lose their life because of that lifestyle, like Pop Smoke, you know, and what happened to him. That's, a, that's, that's such a sad situation. 
You know what I mean? And and I I wish and I'm I'm getting ready to talk to his mother because the, because of all this. A friend of mine is close to his his mother. Him and his his mother and my friend are close. But if you look at this brother, he was on the way up, mm-hmm. and something got snatched him down. So I'm always into what could I tell you that can be a jewel that can help you understand how to survive in this game. So I may not have all the answers as far as your marketing, your promotion, and your distribution. The answer that I do have is since I go back so far and I'm here right now, I know what I did to be here. So I can share that with you and I know it can help you survive. Because I hate to see somebody go up and take a nosedive into the ground before it even got started. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Doug, I got a, I got a hard question for you, man. Because you've been through being around for a long, long time, man. Yes, so sir. I got to ask you this, man. You got to tell me. Your top... MCs, man. What is your top five MC of all time, dead or alive? Well, that's a loaded question. You can't even answer that question. <laughs> that, that, that question has no true answer. I mean, like that's like that's like saying, you know, uh, uh, who is the who's the best basketball player of all times? And if you study basketball, there's no way to really you could. You could point at what everybody is saying, but every basketball player had a different generation. You know, if you study ball, you'll say Connie Hawkins was before Dr. J. And then after Dr. J, then you went into the next dimension of it. And let's just say Jordan, right? Then after you go from Jordan, then you say you're going into Kobe, right? Then from Kobe, then you're going into LeBron, which is right now. Now let's just use that as a basic fundamental example. How can you really say who's the greatest according to your generation? Meaning like, so if you're from the Kobe generation, you're going to be more rooting more for Kobe than you might be for Mike. No disrespect. Or if you're from the LeBron generation and you're making the comparison, you're going to say LeBron is better than, 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 than Jordan because you're looking at the stats and everything like that. So it's kind of like in hip hop, you have to take and approach it the same way because if, if you're talking about the foundation of particular styles, you could not have hip-hop without these artists that I'm going to name right now. So they will always be, it's like, it's like, it's like say, you're looking at, a, I'm going to give you last example, it's like Bruce Lee, and you're saying he's great. But then, how are you going to say he's great and you never talk about it, man? You see what I'm saying? How you never talk about Shaolin? So you're talking about Bruce Lee and he's great, but that's as far as you know. But then, right. but now when, when you look at it and you say, yo, that's the dude that taught you? What? You then you got a different level of Right, because that's like me saying you're a, you're, you're a beautiful young lady, but I got to say, damn, where's your mama at? You know what I'm saying? Like, Ron, don't where hate is Ron, mama? Right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm saying like like you you you're a great guy. You you're you know you're successful, you're doing all of these things, but are you not gonna give any props to, to dad? You like like do dad did dad play any role in this thing? So when you ask him like that, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a very it's a very interesting question 
is a very interesting question because I'd have to say DJ Hollywood, who to me, as I know it historically, is the first MC, the first. When you hear somebody say, say ho, he made that. So when you say, hear somebody say, throw your hands in the air and wave, he wrote that. You see what I'm saying? And so, and then he rhymed a particular way. So when you hear, when you hear people rhyme, they took his style in the very beginning. And then you got another MC like Melly Mel, who was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like you wouldn't have songs like The Message and you know, White Lines and all of these other songs where now you've got a, 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 a J. Cole or you've got a Kendrick Lamar or you have Tupac in it like that. That concept of thought came from this guy and it transitioned all the way till now. So you can't leave him out when you're talking about how great they are because that Grandmaster Cass, Grandmaster Cass is the foundation of, of, of Kane's style. And Kane's style is the foundation of Jay-Z's style. You see what I'm saying? Whether people want to, in, indirectly or directly, you wouldn't have that flavor without this energy coming from there, but it came from Cass. You see what I'm saying? Then you got Kumo D. You got Kumo D and the technical, the, the, the syncopation and the cadence. Then you got Rakim. And then from Rakim, you got a Nas. So how do you, how can you give it to one of them without giving him his? You understand the, yeah. the dilemma of how it is to, because, because if I just say who's hot now, and if I just give the props to the person that's hot now, it's back to like basketball. It's like saying LeBron is the greatest. How you gonna say he's the greatest without not mentioning Dr. J? Are you out your mind? You know what I mean? Like, are you out your mind? You're not gonna talk about Will Chamberlain neither? You know what I'm saying? But that's me. That's me, you know what I mean? Because I, you know, I got a different yeah. dimension. Hey, so Dougie, let's go back to 93, because you just brought this up with Hollywood. It's hard. So let's go back to 93, because you just brought this up with Hollywood, you know, throw your hands in the air and everything like that. Uh, you were signed to Island Record. You came out with a joy that was called I. Still to, the, still to this day, you hit the club. You coined the phrase, A-O, I. A-O, I. <laughs> Hip-hop history right there. Still to this day, you still in the club do it, because I know I do it when I hit the club. <laughs> so, hey, Dougie, don't worry. Right. I cash app you. I cash app you. You get, you get your royalties. <laughs> it's all right. 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 Well, once again, once again, your, your screen is frozen. Can you hear me? Yeah. I don't know if you can. We can hear you. We can hear you. Yeah. Okay, okay, I'm just making sure. But once again, it's it's the continuation of that particular celebration. Like I learned crowd participation from DJ Hollywood, from Lovebug Starsky, from from Busy B, from Curtis Blow, like those guys. You you know, I learned 
from those guys. You know what I mean? And to be quite honest and to be completely transparent, like AOI was just a street call when cats was out there selling drugs on the street. If the cops was driving down the street, they would have the lookout guy. And the lookout guy would go like, oh, oh, hey, oh. And the dude would say, aye. And so he knew that the cops was coming. And that's how it was. And then there was another guy, um, um, uh, uh, Unique from Mecca Audio, and they used to do it at parties too, you know what I mean? And all of these different things are like, like I just feel like when we, when we create and stuff, sometimes we gotta look at you know, our lifestyle, just like different dances that we came. Remember the walk? The walk just came from like a dude just hanging on the corner going like this. And then all of a sudden it just became a dance. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think black people are the most creative people on the planet. I think that they're the funniest. And I think that it is just one of these things, man, where, you know, if you just stay in tune with the frequency, you will always be able to recreate and reinvent yourself because the energy is all around you. You know what I'm saying? And, and uh, in 93, I mean, when I did Freaks, I did Freaks with Little Vicious. They never, yeah. nobody ever did the reggae, the, the dance hall with the beatbox. And I was the first guy to do Sunsplash in 91, uh, which, which was in Jamaica. And nobody did dance hall night on Sunsplash. It was me and Papa Son. But that inspired me to do Freaks. You see what I'm saying? So I'm just trying to explain to you how this thing works. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just being open enough and, 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 and willing to accept and let people pour new ideas into you and, and kind of just continue to create. So I still love it to this day. That's why I still do it. And I'm thankful to be here capable of doing it, you know? I've seen you lately. First of all, let me backtrack. Um, that show that you did with Little Vicious only a couple of months ago blew the roof off the mother. It was so dope to see the two of you <laughs> together again. But let's cut to the fact that here we are in this pandemic. Here we are with Black Lives Matter and all these protests. You have sons. What are you teaching them? And I, and I see you talking about mental health. You and Shanti Das talking about it. How are you having the hip hop community and, and people beyond it heal through hip hop and beyond it? Well, one of the things I'm doing, Les, is that uh, I'm, I'm doing it, I'm proactive in everything that's going on. So first, I would like to say that, you know, I made a few songs that I thought were very important because I always felt coming up that the hip hop community was always the CNN for us. Like we always found out information amongst ourselves quicker than the news or anything, just word of mouth. So I made a song called 20 Seconds or More where people are just washing their hands and I've got a bunch of different artists together, maybe 15, 20 artists. And I had them do a video where they're just washing their hands and I'm telling people the importance of washing your hands and how that can reduce chances of you passing on this coronavirus at least 21%. Statistically, it's proven. So I did that in this organization that I co-founded, which is called Hip Hop Public Health, because I've always been into health. So I thought that if I can take hip hop and put it with health and put health with hip hop, then we could save some lives. So when I did it, it got a tremendous amount of responses. And then I 
did a Latin version of it because Cuomo did so many the numbers really spiking. You know, it's the Mexican, like everybody was spiking. So I did a Latin version with Ted Smooth. So that one came out. Now there's a new one, which is about the mask. And I did that with Raheem Devon and DMC. And that's getting ready to be released. That's, that's, that's getting ready to be released right now. So, so that's coming out. So those are the things that I've been doing in regards to the COVID-19 because I know that it's real. You know, I know that people are dying around me that friends of mine and promoters everybody and I seen what's happening. So that's one part. Then I did a song with Salam Remy. It's me, Black Thought, us guys, and we did a song and it's called No 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 Justice, No Peace. You know, and uh and so he called me up and now we have a song that's coming out for that. And I tell my sons to be conscious of what's going on right now because the world is shifting in a way that even though, you know, you want to protest and you want to be out there on the front line, you still have to be smart because these guys, you know, you know, you got good cops and you got bad cops, but you got a lot of bad cops, man. You got a lot of bad cops. And now with these phones, once again, this technology is exposing a lot of what has been going on for so long. So now I just tell them to make sure that they're together, make sure that somebody is there to film, make sure somebody is, is watching, because we gotta watch out each other's back now. Even if you, even if somebody don't know you, they gotta watch your back because it is to the degree that you don't even know where this thing is gonna go. I mean, you know, cops are shooting young, young women, young women, yo, it's that kind of, that's kind of crazy, you know what I mean? So I just think we're in a time where you really cannot be high. You have to be aware of what's going on and aware of where this thing is going because, you know, as we always say, sometimes you got to get worse before it gets better, you know? And I think we're at that point, you know? And I don't know if y'all see it the same way as me, but, you know, that's my... Um, that's my quick answer on that. No doubt. I mean, absolutely, Dougie. Um, we absolutely feel you on that. I mean, we talk about it on our show all the time. So we appreciate that. Uh, before we let you go, Dougie, um, we do this thing called uh, Five for Five. And uh, before we let you go, we got to get you inside Five for Five. We're going to ask you five questions. Uh, with these five questions, the first thing that comes to mind, um, all you got to do is just answer. Okay. All right. So there's no delay, there's no delay in it. It's just five for five. But you know, there's a little delay in our conversation right here, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So here we go. Five for five. What artist or group in your playlist right now that you're listening to? Marvin Gaye. All right. Um, Les brought it up. When is COVID-19 and safe at home and everything like that? And you are the, the entertainer. During this time right now, who's that one person you would not pass the mic to? Who's the one person I wouldn't pass the mic to? You would not pass the mic to? Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Because I don't believe him. Because I don't believe him. Because I don't believe him. If Dougie Fresh can have one superpower, what would be that superpower? Uh, the superpower would be to change the conditions of this planet. Change the conditions of the planet. So I guess the, that would be the power I would like to have, which I think I have it, but it's just mad. I want to magnify it even more, you know? And that, and that you do. You do got that power, man. No doubt about it. All right, last one inside the five for five with Dougie Fresh. Your biggest achievement and your biggest regret. Biggest achievement. Uh, biggest achievement. That's a very interesting question. Uh, I think my biggest achievement would be... Uh, it's a hard question right there for some reason. <laughs> my my biggest achievement would be uh mm, that's a difficult question for me for some reason. Did you so perform I, for the I, 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 huh? You perform for you the say my um my, my, my biggest achievement? Have you performed uh, Obama's? Yeah, yeah, I've I've done I've done special performances for them. Yeah, I've done that before. I mean, and the guy on the back of the wall, I think that he's been he. I'd have to say with uh, because I can't really say. Yeah, me and him were very close. I toured with him from '99 until he passed. We were very very close. He used to let me design his shows. He used to ask, wow. tell me which way, what should he do? Should he come out this way? Should he do this? He was a very humble guy and he was willing to listen. So I think that one of my greatest achievements, if I analyze it, is my humility. It's my humility that I continuously work on on a regular basis. Because see, you, your increases your ability. Because see, you can't be better without being humble like you and, and in order to survive through generation and generation and generation it takes humility and i looked at that one day i said man i go back from this time all the way to now why am i still here why do i still do a lot of concerts i was doing I, before the pandemic i was doing over 200 shows a year so how is it that i'm doing over 200 shows a year with or without a record it's humility it's humility because I'm able to transition between every generation and find that common denominator. So I have to say humility is one of my greatest contributions and one of my, my greatest regret. My greatest regret? Hmm. I can't really say what I regret. I don't really have any regrets, to be quite honest with you. I don't have none that I can think about. Because you know what's fascinating about a regret to me? Um, it's like, say I could say, well, I didn't get to make as many albums. Say I could say, I regret. I didn't make as many albums as I wanted to or something in this, in this, by this time. But the fascinating thing about a regret is that that regret is what made me great in another area. You see what I'm saying? Like because that because sometimes things that might not occur in that area or something that might have happened is what make you great. Like like when Malcolm went to prison, would he have become Malcolm X if he didn't go through that 
You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So sometimes in life, I just think that what we may regret is a part of our journey to make us great. So it's hard to say I regret something because as I'm going through my journey, I know that that thing I went through made me a better man or made me a better artist or made me a better person. So I never have any regrets about it. I actually look at it and I'm thankful that I went through it and now I am who I am because of that. I hope I'm saying this where you can understand where I'm coming from. Absolutely. I'm trying to Absolutely. Make this difficult. Nah, nah, nah. You answered the question. <laughs> yeah, you good. I mean, great, great, great. Um, once again, <laughs> I know it got too complicated. I know, but I'm, you know, you analyze. I'm an analyst, man. Hey, it's all good. Uh, yeah. Uh, before we close out, I do want to say this. Um, you are one of absolutely the greatest person that in my lifetime that has blessed the stage. Um, like you said, without a record out, I've seen you multiple times, man, and you've rocked crowds and I sit and my jaw drops because I'm in awe of how you do it. And I, I salute you and I congratulate you and I wish you nothing but continued blessings uh, during this time, man. Um, uh, I, I mean, I'm just honored just to be on this call with you right now. No, brother, thank you. You transport a lot of people who weren't there in 81 and 1990 to that right. time place every time you hit the stage, and that's an experience that has no price. So, and you know, I love you. I got my pom poms up all you know, you know, you know, I love you too, Les. And you, and you know what's so crazy with y'all saying this? I remember one night, and I, I, I'll end it on this note here, but I just shared because that picture popped in my mind again. I remember one night when me and Prince was hanging out, and he took me to the club, like when you seen in Purple Rain, and he took me there. And he used to always take me around in different areas to get on at different places because he always felt like, yo, y'all got to see what I got. You know what I mean? Because he... He's a he's a like a little competition kind of a guy. So long story short, I got on at this club and the big guy who used to play the drums for him, I got on up there and we turned this thing out. And then after that, he got back in the limo and he drove with me. He took me to his house and then he said, you know, he said, uh, I've never seen nobody like you. He said, you are a different breed. He said, he said, um, he said he used to get nervous when the time will come on stage because they will create so much excitement. So he said to me, he said, you make me feel like I felt when the time was performing. It's like, cause the level of energy that you generate is different than what I'm used to. And he said, and hip hop is a world that I never even knew like that. But through you, I mean, I'm getting able to understand. He said, I don't know why God brought us together, but I think it was something you were supposed to get to me or something I was supposed to get to you. I don't know. He said, but I'm glad that me and you got together to share this, this moment. And it was one night in a limo, and we had that conversation. And when he said that to me, it was really, uh, it was really a, a, a very strong acknowledgement. But what you said to me just now is equal to that to me, because I, I always and I, I appreciate when somebody sincerely tell me something on how they feel because when I'm when I'm doing what I'm doing, it's coming from a sincere space. 
It's not coming from a space where I'm trying to, uh, you know, invalidate or take away from somebody. It's always coming from a space of giving. So I appreciate you receiving it. And I appreciate being on y'all's show. This is a this is a nice platform that y'all got here. And I wish y'all nothing but much success with it. We appreciate it. Thank you, Dougie. Ladies and gents, don't forget, you can follow my man, Dougie Fresh, on all platforms on IG. It is The Real Dougie Fresh. The Real yes. Doug E. Fresh. Plus, follow up with him also, the public health campaign. He got the, It's called the 22nd or more. He got different songs that are out, so make sure that you guys follow up with that. Plus, I mean, he can cook. He's a vegan. He got all kind of vegan recipes <laughs> and stuff. No, I didn't. I didn't catch you. I got you on that. You know what I'm saying? So cooking and coconuts. Cooking and coconuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So make sure you guys follow my man Dougie Fresh. Dougie, we once again thank you so much for taking the time out your day to rock with the Spin Room Crew. That's Big Les. That's Dave Tossa. That's DJ Ronzi. And our special guest. The world human beatboxer, the entertainer, Mr. Doug E. Fred. Hey. Much love. Love you.